0: Soul, so very. When troubles come and my heart burden be, then I am still.
1: This is the day the Lord hath made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's not just the good days, it's every day. This is the day the Lord hath made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Hal Brady, and I want to welcome you to Hal Brady Ministries. As always, it is my prayer that you will be blessed both by the word and the music. Would you hear now please the reading of God's word It comes from John's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs. So when it does occur, you may believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join me, please, for a moment of prayer? O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable O Lord, in thy sight, always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, which art our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A few years ago, an editor of a local newspaper asked a very poignant question. He said, when the clock of life has run its course, will our lives have counted for something? Then he said, we only have three possibilities. We can have a negative effect on the world, we can have a neutral effect on the world, or we can have a positive effect on the world. Abraham Lincoln was once asked how he wanted to be remembered. Interestingly enough, he didn't say he wanted to be remembered as President of the United States or as a leader in troubled times. He said he wanted to be remembered like this. He plucked a thistle and planted a flower where a flower would grow. No wonder we love Abraham Lincoln. Because of his greatness and because of his humility, we are fond and appreciate the president so very much. Keep in mind that anybody who takes a thistle and replaces it with a beautiful flower is going to be remembered. On that epitaph, it would read, Gone, but not forgotten. Today, I'm talking to you about leaving a legacy. Most normal people would like to leave a positive legacy in the world when they leave. But in reality, only a small fraction of people in any generation will leave anything that will be remembered. Of all the musicians, think about the performers and the composers. Of all of those who are so well known, only a few of them will be remembered after they're gone. The same thing is true with writers. How people would like to be like Shakespeare or Emerson or Tennyson, or some other great, and have their works read by untold generations. But for the most part, those writers' works will not even be remembered. And what about us preachers? How we would like to think that our sermons will be remembered by an impoverished world after we are gone, but it simply won't happen. Let me tell you, a few years ago, maybe several years ago, I was sitting at a table Sunday lunch after our worship services in which I had preached and I asked our children what daddy preached about. Every one of their faces was a blank stare. Finally, somebody said, well, maybe you said this or didn't you say that. I'll tell you, I stopped doing that very shortly simply because of being incriminated. So I refused to do that too much longer. Keep in mind that our sermons will not be remembered because they speak to specific times and specific situations. And no matter how much we would like them to be remembered, they won't be remembered. And it's not good or bad, it's just normal. It's just normal. But at any rate, most of us would like to leave a positive legacy when we leave this world. That is, most of us. So what can we leave? But before I get to the heart of this message... I'd like to say something about our legacy in the United States. Of course, I'm talking about our Memorial Day legacy, which will occur in a couple of weeks from now. In 1868, General John A. Logan inaugurated Memorial Day. It was celebrated to decorate the Civil War veterans' graves, but since that time, many wars have come along with police actions, such as World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm, Iraq, and Afghanistan, and truly the price of freedom is high. It's very costly, and we are so appreciative of what the people have done who have given their lives and continue to serve in the armed forces of the United States. Not long ago, I went with a friend through Fort Benning. We had a delightful time together We noticed a number of things, the new construction, the tanks, the troops, the paratroopers who were coming off the towers, the soldiers who were on the firing line. We noticed all of those things. And when we pulled out of the fort, I remember I simply bowed my head to myself and I expressed my gratitude to God for all of these people who continue to serve in the armed forces of the United States as guardians of our freedom. But we want to leave a good legacy, most of us. We want to leave a positive legacy. So we take our cue from Jesus. Indeed, Jesus' legacy to humankind is much greater than all other humankind legacies combined. And when we look at this scripture lesson, we will remember some of the things that are featured in his legacy. So what can we leave? First of all, the legacy of love. The legacy of love. Needless to say, Jesus' legacy reflected his life. It was a legacy of love and it cost him his life. For a few minutes, I'd like to share with you six things that will help us to leave a good legacy if we apply them. First of all, prayer, prayer. The late Henry Nouwen wrote a book called Gracias. It was his journal, Stories Through Latin America. This is what he said concerning his daily devotional practice. Without this one hour a day for God, my life loses its coherency. And I start experiencing my days as a series of random incidents and accidents. If we daily reach out to God, we will not grow careless in our lives. So what kind of legacy are we going to leave? Well, whatever kind of legacy I leave, I hope at least it's connected up to some kind of devotional living. And then secondly, involvement. If we're going to leave a good legacy, we're going to have to get involved and stay involved. Someone said, Whatever you do and wherever you go, be all there. Be all there. If you believe what you're doing is in the will of God, live your life to the hilt. If you're in business, go for it. If you're having a child, have a party. If you're where your daughter's getting married, let it go. Live to a hilt everything you believe to be in the will of God. Stay involved, stay involved, get involved, stay involved. And then the third thing that will make a good legacy is humility. Douglas Whitehall Freeman, when he concluded his uh, four-volume work on General Robert E. Lee, he told this story. He said, General Lee was older now. He was feeble. As a matter of fact, he was at the point of death. He said a a young lady came in with a baby, and she came to the general and— He reached out for the baby and she trusted his strength. She let him hold the baby. He looked at the baby and looked at her and said, be sure and help him to deny himself. You know, prideful people are not remembered too much. Nobody remembers people full of pride, but people who are humble are remembered. We remember those people and we are grateful for them. For instance, Moses. Moses was a humble character. Moses never did focus on his reports of his activities. He never ran out and got a newspaper to see what he had achieved yesterday. He was a humble figure and therefore one we remember. And then the fourth thing that makes a good legacy is perspective. perspective. Do you know not long ago I was reading about a man who had given $100 a year to a college for many years. He gave $100 every year to the college. And then one year, suddenly, he gave a science building. Somebody said, what is it with you? How could you give $100 a year to this college all these years and suddenly give a science building? He said, well, when I go out to the cemetery, very few people will see my markers. But when they pass by that science building and see my name on it, they'll know what I stood for. That's perspective and perspective is necessary if we're going to leave a good legacy. And then fifth, kindness. Another part of our legacy is kindness. Who will ever forget a person who was kind to us? I lost my mother when I was 10 years of age. There was a couple living next door to us, they didn't have any children, but they were always there for me. They took me out for supper, they took me to movies. He took me hunting. They played football with me in the yard. Both of these people, Marion and Jack Davis, have now entered the Father's house. But do you think I'll ever forget them? Not a chance. Why? Because if they were kind to me. Kindness means many things. It's how we act with a stranger, it's how we act with a friend, it's how we act to nurses and doctors and teachers, it's how we act to television technicians, it's how we act to anybody. It's how we drive our automobiles. It's how we remember people on the important days of their lives. It's how we have a little more patience when we need it at every phase in our lives. How we have a little more patience. And then love. Love. The last thing that's a part of this legacy is love. Love was the primary thing Jesus left us. In the legacy he left us. what did he leave us? He left us the love of the Heavenly Father. I'm talking about this love that's going to last when all the prejudice and hatred of the world is subdued and over. This love of God will still be there. This is the legacy Jesus gave us. Now, if Jesus gave us this kind of legacy, then we ourselves should be giving this kind of legacy as well. You know, there was a movie made in 1982, and it was a real hit. Do you remember the movie? It was E.T. E.T. was an odd-looking little thing that was left by a spaceship that had to leave the Earth in a hurry. Well, there was a little boy named Elliot. Elliot determined he was going to befriend E.T. even when others were going to call out the army and the detoxification units. But he did befriend E.T. and they developed something of a love affair. But then we saw in the movie there was a time when this doctor scientist was looking at E.T. he was at the point of death he looked at E.T. and he looked at Elliot who was crying and he turned to Elliot and he said I'm glad he met you first. I'm glad he met you first. You see what he was talking about? He was talking about love. Love is the legacy Jesus left us and love is the legacy Jesus wants us to leave others. And then secondly the legacy of the Spirit. The strangest aspect of the legacy of Jesus is the legacy of the Spirit. How do we describe this gift? Listen specifically to our text. Jesus said, I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Jesus said the gift of the Spirit is going to teach us everything. Let me tell you something, everything That sounds good to me, somebody who struggled with botany in college. That sounds good to me. He's going to leave us everything. What an outstanding legacy that is. So this legacy is the legacy of teaching. Primarily, it's a legacy of teaching about Jesus Christ in the New Testament. It's primarily a teaching about Jesus Christ, what He said and how He lived and how He died and how He was born again and how He was resurrected. How do we know about this legacy? To help us understand this legacy we would need to read the Bible. The Bible is a place where we meditate on the Scriptures. We meditate on the Scriptures. How do we learn more about God? By reading the Scriptures. How do we learn about Jesus and about the uh, early church and about the people of Israel? How do we learn about all these people? By reading the Scripture. By reading the Scripture. And that's how we learn what God wants us to do, what God is doing, and what God calls us to do. You know, I love the Bible. I really do. It has a lot to do with the life I live now. It helped to transform my life. I believe the Bible is trustworthy and true and reliable. I believe in the great affirmation of the Bible. I believe God created the earth. I believe God called Abraham and Sarah, helped them to birth a nation that would bless all humankind. I believe in the Ten Commandments and the prophet's word for justice for all. I believe in the Great Commission, and I believe in the Great Commandments. But above everything else, as the Bible put it, I believe in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe in all of these things. But I want to tell you, I don't believe everything in the Bible is to be taken literally. The Bible is not God. We don't worship the Bible. We worship God. For instance, here was John the Baptist. Somebody came along and said, are you the Messiah? He said, no, I'm not the Messiah. I bear witness to the Messiah. That's true of the Bible. The Bible is not God. The Bible bears witness to God. It bears witness to God. So this is where the Spirit comes in to teach us. How do the words of the Bible become the Word of God for us? Through the teaching of the Holy Spirit. That's how those words become the Word for us. It's through the teaching of the Holy Spirit. In our lives. One other thing the spirit does for us. It helps us to develop magnanimous spirits. Magnanimous spirits. A magnanimous spirit. Is a spirit who is wrapped in grace. There was a lady who lost her husband. And she really had a hard time. Such a hard time she blamed her pastor. And she started calling people. Wanting to get him fired. She told people bad things about him. But then he was kind to her all the time. But then came the time when she moved to another city. She joined another church. She got close to God in that church. She was in a very wonderful Sunday school class. She prayed a lot, and then God spoke to her and called her attention to her sin. She wanted to be relieved of her sin, so she decided to write a letter to her former minister. And she said, I know you don't have any reason to forgive me. You shouldn't forgive me, but she said, I still want to ask that you forgive me. Would you forgive me? A few days later, she received a letter back. It had three words, forgiven, forgotten, forever. Did you hear that? Forgiven, forgotten, and forever. That is a magnanimous spirit, and that is the gift of the spirit to each of us. And then thirdly, there is the legacy of peace, the legacy of peace. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. We're talking about Jesus' peace here. It's the peace that He gives us. So how can we define that peace? What kind of peace did the Son of God leave to us? It is a supernatural peace. It is the peace that enabled Jesus to be in control of Himself as He stood before the authorities who accused Him. It is the peace that enabled Him to trudge along when He was carrying the cross toward Golgotha. When the crowds jeered Him, when the soldiers mishandled him, it was that kind of peace that he had during that time. Paul describes this peace this way in Philippians. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace then is the deep sense that God is in charge of our lives. That our lives belong to him that He's working for our best even when we cannot understand it at that exact moment. So how do we stay open to God's peace? How do we stay open to God's peace? I want to give you a few suggestions. First, keep our minds stayed on Him. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, we read these words, Thou dost keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Thee. We will never find perfect peace until we consistently involve ourselves in the Spirit of God. Secondly, trust in God. Isaiah continued, listen, trust in the Lord forever. He is an everlasting rock. Do you know what trust means in Hebrew? It means lean on Him. And so we have faith plus hope equals trust. Let me say that again. Faith plus hope equals trust. And then thirdly, repel accusations. I don't know what you call the evil one, and it doesn't really matter to me what you call him. All I know is he continually brings up things that we've done in the past that we can't do anything about now. So I'm saying to you, repel the accusation. And when you do, God says, the God of peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. And then surrender animosity. Another ploy of the evil one is he keeps bringing up discord between us and our neighbors. That will always destroy our peace. But then Paul had an answer for that. What did he say? Think on these things, he said. I'm talking about things that are pure and good and lovely and trustworthy. Think on these things. And then he said, the God of peace will guard your hearts. And then finally, release anxiety. Paul has an answer for that. He says, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer with supplication. Let thanksgiving offer your things to God. And then he told of the peace of God that passes all understanding, that will guard our hearts and our minds. I read about a boy whose mother had given him a ring. A couple of years later, she died. Well, the ring became even more precious to him. One day, he lost the ring, and he entered a panic state. He began to cry, trying to find the ring. He couldn't find it. But then he remembered something his mother told him. She said, never not tell everything to God. Tell it to God and then leave it with him. And that's what he did. All the time the older brother was watching this, getting some kind of joy over the suffering of the younger brother. But then he said to him, what are you doing? Do you think that by praying God's going to tell you where the ring is? The younger brother said, no, I don't really know. He said, but all I know is now I'm content not to have the ring. And that's just the same as having it. So what was Jesus' legacy to us? It was a legacy of love, a legacy of the Spirit, and it was a legacy of peace. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful this day for your presence and for this marvelous legacy that you have left us. We're grateful, oh God, we can receive afresh from you the gift of love the gift of teaching, the Spirit, and the gift of peace. Thank you for loving us and being with us. It's in your name. Amen. Again, let me thank you for standing with us in this ministry. Whether you support us by your prayers or your finances, we appreciate it more than we can say. I hope you'll have a marvelous evening. Good night. Even one train runs